0: who are just joining us. My name is Michael Bushnell. I'm the publisher of the Northeast News in Kansas City, Missouri. I'm joined at the Northeast Chamber of Commerce. We are doing a public forum on the ballot initiative that is going to be on Tuesday, April 5th ballot. There are three municipal questions on that ballot. One of them is in regards to the water bonds. Another one is in regards to health bonds. And another one Question three is in regards to the vacation of some parkland that is up north of the river along Searcy Creek Parkway. So those are the three questions that Kansas Cityans will be voting on on April 5th, which is next Tuesday. So we're just going to dive right in. I'm going to read question one. This is the way that this is going to appear on the ballot. The shall the city of Kansas City, Missouri issue sanitary sewer revenue bonds in the principal amount of $750 million, correct? Correct. $750 million for the purpose of, there's just a lot of zeros, so I, I get lost with those zeros. Uh, for the purpose of rehabilitating, expanding, and improving the city's sanitary sewer system, including acquiring necessary land and rights of way in order to provide for its continuing operation and to maintain compliance with federal, state, and judicial requirements with the principle of an interest on said revenue bonds to be payable solely from the derived revenues by the city from an operation of its sanitary sewer system, there's a lot to read here, including all future rehabilitations, improvements, and expansions there too. So that's what you're going to see on the ballot for question one. And with that, uh, I'm just going to turn it over to our one of our guest speakers, Wes Minder. He's going to give us a little bit of an overview, and then we'll take some questions from the audience. Uh, Wes, what can you tell us a little bit about question one? Uh, good evening. Again, my name
1: is Wes Mender. I'm uh, the director of water services, and I appreciate we appreciate the opportunity to come down here and visit with you about this bond uh, issue on the ballot on Tuesday. So, just a quick overview: Kansas City, Missouri, is a water department. is actually three separate utilities that are fund, funded through three different sources. We have drinking water, wastewater, and then we also have storm water. And so, this ballot measure uh, it only impacts the storm water or the sanitary sewer measure of our operating utility. Back in uh, 2010 we were uh, forced into a consent decree from the United States Environmental Protection Act because we have a combined sewer system and what that is is basically uh, your uh, sanitary system when you flush your toilet is also connected to the storm drains out in the street and uh, that works great except when it rains. When it rains the system gets overwhelmed and we send bad stuff into the uh, Blue River and the Missouri River. So we uh, we were dictated with a uh, um, and we uh, we do have at www.kcwater.us we do have kind of a, an FAQ page on here that refers to a lot of this and some learn more and then we also have some contact information if any of you have any additional questions for our communications team but basically the original uh, plan on that was to come into every single neighborhood and uh, dig up the storm and sanitary pipes and put new ones back in and have two sets of systems so that it's completely separate. Since then, uh, we've done some projects. We've done some down in Marlboro. We've done some improvements. We've got a major project going on down in the blue river at our wastewater treatment plant. that's currently under construction. And, uh, we've been able to work with the EPA and modify that consent decree and drop, drop our estimated cost from 4.5 billion down to 2.3 billion. So we've been able to do that by using uh, more natural stormwater-type control facilities, which are, you know, instead of just piping everything, we will send stuff to an area, let the water sit, let it infiltrate. And so we've dropped our estimated cost to about $2.3 billion. And because we made such good progress, since uh, we've got a pretty good good team of uh, engineers and designers and uh, our consultant and contracting community together, and uh, we uh, we did such a good job. The EPA allowed us to take this new innovative green approach, and then also give us five more years. We were supposed to be done by twenty thirty five. We now have until twenty forty. So we uh, a lot of these things that we're we're doing right now, uh, you know, the Blue River plant and other investments, they're going to be you know fifty year old assets. They're going to last at least fifty years. Uh, this sewer bond authorization, we have three different ways to finance uh, our improvement, or four different ways actually. We have pay as you go, so we basically have to accumulate all the cash and then put it into a project. Downfall of that is it takes a little bit longer to do stuff, and then also with uh, just every year, it doesn't matter; construction goes up three to five percent a year, uh, just because the cost of labor keeps going up. The problem we're having right now is just with the uh, supply chain and then just the band and the economy being the way it is, we're seeing inflation costs that are, that are, that are pretty incredible, you know, double digits. And so, uh, that a pay as you go financing thing basically means you wait longer and, uh, you have to basically, that cost has to be done by 2040. So if we do the pay as you go, we would actually have to raise rates to raise all that cash by 2040. What this uh, revenue bond authorization does, is it gives us the authorization. It doesn't say that we will issue uh, immediately, but it gives us the authorization over the next uh, 18 years to issue up to $750 million worth of revenue bonds. And so those bonds will be paid out over 25 years. So we're able to um, take the costs to make our system compliant and where it's not sending bad stuff into the river, we're able to spread that cost out over future rate payers because when we, Spend this uh, money that we're spending right now on the Blue River Wastewater Plant. That plant's going to last, you know, twenty-five to fifty years. So we're able to use a twenty-five-year bond to pay for an asset that's going to exceed the, co- the life of that. And so it spreads out that cost, allows us to keep rates a little more manageable. Increase. We also, if uh, uh, we also have general obligation bonds, uh, general obligation bonds, revenue bonds, which is what we're asking for, and then uh, oh, Michael, what's the third one? Michael Grimaldi uh, <laughs> has been a great uh, uh, blessing. Regulatory Regulatory bonds, so we have options, no, and regulatory so
2: expenses.
1: regulatory expense bonds, and so uh, revenue bonds uh, get the best rates for our ratepayers because when we go to market to sell it, those bonds are backed by future revenue sources and. We all know we we are always going to need water and sewer, and so those are very safe, stable investments. So we're able to get um, really good rates on that, which again keeps our costs down, allows us to do more stuff. And so this um, that's uh, that's what we're we're asking the request to you know allow us the ability to issue up to seven hundred fifty million dollars worth of revenue bonds backed by the ratepayers for their uh, sanitary expenses to continue doing our uh, consent decree. And that uh, that's not just a, a concentrated thing. We have projects all over the city. We have uh, places where we have infiltration, uh, at, you know, north of the river and down east and down south where water will leach into the system. So we're lining those to reduce, because uh, everything winds up at Blue River. So we're going to stop that, reduce our flows. It's all part of the project. So the project benefits the entire city. And uh, that's uh, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Michael, I don't know if I missed any major points here
2: so okay are you all taking questions as you go along
1: or you can fire away i'm pretty i'm pretty open pretty open-ended whatever works best for you. okay Wes, you had mentioned something that it will all end up in the blue
2: river anyway so could you clarify that statement please thank you
1: so right now if it if you know we get like a two or three inch rain uh, everything will overflow the system and wind up in the blue river because that's just the way it was designed and so what this will do is it will allow uh the improvements to where it goes to the blue river wastewater treatment plant where we can treat uh the you know the, the e coli and all the bad bacteria stuff we can treat it disinfect it and then release it out into the missouri river under acceptable terms and so right now if we get a big rain Sewage and bacteria goes straight into the Blue River and the, the Missouri River. What this does is basically stops that, those overflows, sends it to treatment, and then re- releases it. And so it's, it's, that's how we improve the water quality of the area.
0: And just a point of Blue River, is, is that the plant that's down by Bayer? Yes, Blue River is down by the Hawthorne plant and Bear. Okay, which is very close to the mouth of the Missouri River. So you're getting it right before it goes into the river.
1: Correct. Everything, uh, we have three, uh, we have four plants north of the river, south of the river. We have the Blue River one because everything drains to, you know, 435 in the Hawthorne plant.
0: What kind of effect will this have on our city's bond ratings and why should that matter to the city's taxpayers right now? We've heard a lot of talk in previous. Elections like this about, well, what this is going to drive the bonds up or it's going to have a negative impact on the bonds. Can you speak a little bit to that?
1: Uh, revenue bonds, since they're backed by ratepayers, are considered, uh, it, it would not impact the city's general obligation bond ratings. And so it's more of a, from a bond rating perspective, the revenue bonds will, you know, be, are the best way to keep our bond rating where it is because when we go to sell these on the market, it's a revenue bond based upon rates, and since we know we have uh, one hundred twenty-seven thousand or one hundred thirty-seven thousand customers, um, we when somebody goes to buy these bonds, they know that they have that number of customers. They're paying this much. The cash flow to to repay those bonds are a lot more stable than say general obligation bonds, which are relying on sales taxes, uh, earnings taxes, property taxes, which uh, can you know we saw with COVID can fluctuate
0: why now? Uh, There's a primary election in August that would hopefully, I mean, it's a general in in November, but that would hopefully garner more of a turnout than a single issue municipal ballot. And I guess from a predictive standpoint, you're looking at probably 11 to 17% tops. So maybe explain to the listeners and our readers why now and why it's important right now. Um, I think
1: just uh, from a historical perspective, since April is a municipal election, that's when we target to do that sort of thing. Um, since this is a revenue bond, um, it's you know there's no tax increase. It's just basically uh, it's just basically using future rates as the collateral for. There's actually no you know change to you know there. It's not like we're coming and asking for additional money. We're just the author asking for the authorization. To use our projected future revenue flows to accelerate the cash now, so that we can get those projects done.
2: One other, one, I'm Michael Grimaldi, I'm also uh, with the large department, and uh, I work in the communications division. One other factor is that the last time we issued wastewater sewer bonds was in 2012. Or, I'm sorry, be back up. Last time voters authorized them was in 2012. The city council has basically spent up, spent out as much as was authorized at that time. They did five issues. It was a $500 million authorization at that point, and it's been, uh, I think, over a period of, what's it, 12, 10 years. Uh, they did about $100 million every couple of years, more or less, to pay for the projects such as the what we call the Smart Sewer link, the consent decree compliance work, and that money's gone. So we need to reauthorize those bonds.
0: Is there is there anything else that is going to directly impact uh, water users in the city in terms of rates or let's let's talk about rates. Rates have been going up. What is this going to do to rates? And according to the information that was released, it's, this is going to help stabilize rates. So can you speak a little bit to that?
1: Uh, yes, I think
0: that that's
1: uh, so we, we have to have this plan done by 2040. And so by there was a cost of service study that we did a few years ago that looked at stuff. One of the things that I'm um, tasked with is, you know, new leadership, at the water department is trying to make sure that we spend those investments wisely, get our costs a little more under control. Um, the revenue bond authorization, because it allows us to pay these investments out over 25 years will keep the rate increases lower because we're able to spread those costs out past that 2040 deadline. So, if we had to get this all done by 2040 and we had to do it with cash, we would have to ramp up really quick in order to get these improvements done that we were required to do. Um, by using a 25-year revenue bond, we're able to spread that those paybacks out over time, which allow those rate increases to remain a little more manageable. Michael,
2: I don't know if you... Yeah. Yeah. It, one of the reasons rates went up a lot in the middle of the last decade, 2015 to 2018, was the fact that we had to pay for these uh, uh, for the sewer consent decree sewer bond work. And when the water department and the mayor at the time Sly James looked at that, they said, wait a minute, can we do something about that? They convened a task force. Uh, in fact, Mr. Wagner was the chair of that task force, He's here tonight. Uh, and uh, that task force over a period of 13, 14 months, recommended, among other things, go back to the EPA and see if we can do something about that. And that led to the reduction of the total cost over the period, plus the extension of five years that Wes referred to earlier. So instead of 4.7 billion, it's gonna be 2.3 billion, more or less. Uh, and uh, the, uh, the rate increases, what, the, what what authorization of this bond uh, by the voters will do, will enable us to manage that, as Wes explained. Instead of having some of those years where we gotta do this work because we have to meet the consent decree, We'll be saying, okay, we're going to shoot for this target. The target is to keep the wastewater portion of your water bill, which, if anybody looks at your water bill, it's the biggest part of your water bill, and to keep that at about six percent a year is the target. No promises, because the economy is what it is, and we have to kind of roll with the punches on that. But by uh, with the authorization of these bonds, our finance folks are telling us we should be able to manage it at a six percent increase for the foreseeable future.
0: Okay. <clears throat> And my apologies, Scott Wagner, with me as part of the Maddie Road Center, another co-sponsor, so I, my mea culpa. I, okay, you can owe me. <laughs> and I already do, don't I? Probably. <laughs> um, we're already seeing, let's just, let's just talk about Waldo, let's talk about Warnell Road, and, yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, we're already seeing huge issues. Warnel Road has been described by many as looking like France after the Great War. And so what kind of example will, will that change? Will that will that kind of effect expand over the city? Are there going to be more locations like that? Or And I guess how can that be avoided? Um, are you talking about construction that's underway? Right. Well, <laughs> un- unfortunately, in where I live, the road in front of my house
1: has been uh, closed for two years. So I, in my detour, I don't, I, I don't live in an area with a grid system. So unfortunately, uh, construction is... Uh, you know, just it's it's the way things are. Most of these improvements um that we have to do are in um the the, the major kind of the, the the big project that we have coming down the you know the pipe from a combined servicing point is in the town Fort creek area which is down over 63rd and Paseo and so we uh there's there's a couple of things that happen we're coordinating with other departments, the Public Works Department's getting ready to do some work on 63rd Street. We're working with them to have them, while they're during construction, integrate some of these, you know, sewer separation things as part of the roadway project. Uh, we also have um, the uh, a lot of this work, too, is at, at our plants or leading up to our plants or on our receptors. And so a lot of that work will be done outside of it. Uh, now, our waterline replacement program, uh, you know, we try to do 28 miles a year. That's where uh, we do impact the roads, and that's where it gets a little dicey. And uh, so it's just, uh, you know, we're finishing up a project down in the plaza, which had a pretty substantial engagement, you know, in restrictions working with the contractor. And we're doing the uh, some of the work around the uh, on main street to upgrade the lines, uh, you know, as the streetcar construction is going on. So we do work with public works um, to try to coordinate as much as we can in order to make sure that, you know, if we're coming in, Ideally, in a perfect world, which we've been working towards, we will come in, do the waterline work, do the repairs, and public works can come in, resurface the road, so that when we're done with it, we have a smooth, complete thing. Uh, The days of us coming in after the fact, uh, you know, and ripping out something brand new, we're trying to avoid that. And then we're also using it on the water supply side. We're working with public works on getting the resurface list and try to coordinate our program to where we're working on any lines that we know may be bad. So the public works doesn't go out, resurface the line, and then we have to come back a year or two later and we have three or four main breaks. So there's a lot of coordination going on, and that does happen.
0: That That's good to hear because I know that we had an issue here, and this may be unrelated, but in regards to resurfacing, uh, crews came out and resurfaced about a mile and a quarter of Independence Avenue between Benton and, say, Jackson, maybe Van Brunt. And not two weeks later, it was torn up for utility work. And I don't know whether it was water or who, but that, that is an issue. And I'm glad to hear that more coordination. You well, in my background?
1: Just to give you a little background, I spent my first 10 years at the city in public works. And the current public works director, Michael Shaw, um, he and I he actually used to be in the basement at 5300 Municipal. So he and I have been working <laughs> together. So it's all, it's, all, it's all pretty clean. We're both on the same, you know, we don't want to... Nobody wants to be stupid, so I, I guess you can put that in quotes.
0: <laughs> let's talk about oversight, and we, we kind of delved into that a little bit. What kind of spending oversight is in place to deter wasteful spending? Because there's an awful lot of critical, let's just say, thinkers, quote-unquote. Well, there's five guys standing around a hole. You got one guy in a hole digging. How is that a good use of money? So what kind of oversight is going to be put in place to... I guess to protect the taxpayers.
1: So, just to give you some context, uh, as Mr. Wagner knows, I do have seven children at home. And so there's a lot of water usage at my place. And so, um, and, and I don't get a city discount running the place. But um, so, my background, again, being uh, coming from public works, working in the manager's office before, I also, I mean, I'm an engineer by trade, but I also have a master's in business. And so, as I've come into the department three months in on the job, I've started asking a lot of those questions because, you know, if we're going to spend a 50 year asset, you know, and we've got issues, you know, like we've got uh, one plant that's in the floodplain now, you know, and we're looking at different options. Um, you know, I'm, I'm asking the questions as the non-technical person from a 50 year life cycle cost. of like, does it make sense to be here? Or does it make sense to move up here? Um, just kind of a weird story. The way our system works, it's really all connected because I, I live up in the uh, Platte County area. Well, the way my sewage flows is it will come down to Riverside and it'll wind up on the West Bottoms or it might wind up in Birmingham where it gets pumped across the river to the Blue River plant. And then we pump it back across to the Birmingham plant and then we spread it out on the farm. So there's stuff like that, that when we're looking at this, that I'm going to evaluate and ask like, what is the, what's the 25 year cost of, of, of electricity and pumps? And is it, is it okay to keep sending stuff across the river? I mean, does it make sense? You know, is it, you know, if it's say a thousand a year to send it across the river, but it's $5,000 a year to build something up north. And obviously we want to do the thousand dollars thing. So that's just my background, you know, just the way I've done things. Um, and I think Mr. Wagner has worked with me pretty well to know that, uh, you know, I, I don't like, if you give us this authorization, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather build 10 things with ten million and one one thing with $10 million. So that's just my personal thing. And as I'm, uh, as we work through, uh, you know, the new executive team at the water department, we're looking at, you know, uh, potential, uh, internal type auditing type stuff to just keep track of that because, um, That's one thing that I think that we need to do, uh, you know, a better job of, you know, looking at that sort of
3: stuff. It's time to take a break to thank our sponsors. Chamayca's Online Market in Delhi offering catering and nationwide shipping at chamaycasonline.com. Find their new deli at 16th and Swift in North Kansas City. Chamayca's, where customers become friends and friends become family.
0: From classics to campers, hot rods to hoopties, Seaberg Muffler, your exhaust headquarters since 1974. Armour Road in Burlington in North Kansas City, Missouri. And now back to the newscast. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw you a curveball because you said spread it out on the farm. And we are talking about wastewater. There's been, and this is just out of clear blue sky, We on social media this has been discussed ad nauseum. I'm going to tell you that. What stinks? What is that smell? And I, my response to that is knowing probably not enough is that the water department is burning things off over at the Blue River plant? And so, can you talk about is that the smell that we're smelling spreading it out on the farm, or what? What exactly is that?
1: Well, I would uh, I would blame ingredient in North Kansas City and uh, air for that, but uh, and uh, the freeze-thaw cycle. No, so yes, uh, the way the Blue River wastewater plant worked previously, we would send everything down and we would incinerate the waste. Our new And we would generate what we call Class B sludge. So the dirty stuff in the wastewater is Class B, which means it cannot be used anywhere near humans. So our investment in the Blue River Wastewater Treatment Biosolids Facility will eliminate the incinerating and will actually treat the sludge to where it's Class A, to where we may potentially, it, which Class A sludge can be yeah. used for fertilizer. The city of Milwaukee sells their sludge as a commercial project called Miller So our new facility will allow us the ability to potentially revenue capture by selling that product to somebody, if we could find a partner on that, um, and would eliminate the um, incineration that's are smelly. And then also, uh, we would not be spreading it out as as liberally as we are up in the Birmingham area.
2: Gas, too.
1: And the gas. We're also looking at potential. Uh, we're, we're currently looking at a public-private partnership. So we generate gas when we do all this is chemical stuff. So generate some sort of gas, and we're looking at potential options to capture that gas and sell it back to Spire as a byproduct of natural gas to use. So there's somebody. yes.
0: So there's there's things
1: we're working on for revenue capture, but then it also fits in with climate and sustainability goals
3: hi thank you guys for being here tonight um i have a couple questions one so i recently moved into the indian Mound neighborhood and like my neighbors my house is about 115 years old when can we see you know wastewater and things improving in our historic neighborhoods you know some of these systems are very very old as i'm sure you know and could really use some improvements which i heard a couple of neighbors recently complaining about their stuff backing up so <laughs>
1: so i know in a lot of areas we're doing uh you know a lot of our sewer pipes were clay pipes you know and they were set 100 some years ago and so there's been settlement and we've actually done lining in place which essentially sends a balloon into that system blows it up it hardens and that provides a smooth you know way for stuff to get away from there um, backups are kind of tied into overflows you know if you get sewages like you know independence avenue and the freeways if you get too many cars on it it backs up. And so that's part of the problem. We had another program where we actually uh, partnered, we had to suspend it during COVID because people weren't exactly wanting people to come to those house. Keeping yeah, our keeping out the rain program would actually, it was a free service where people could come out and a lot of our, our problems are our downspouts were sent into there. So we're throwing more rain in there. So we would separate the downspouts, but then also provide some backflow preventers. And so um, if you uh, at kcwater.us if you want to reach out to the communications team, we can find more information on that so you can share it with your neighborhood.
2: If you look at, and I was looking at my phone because I can't remember the, the but the smart sewer program, if you just Google KCMO smart sewer, uh, there's an um, interactive map where you can zoom into your neighborhood and see what work has already been done to improve as part of the consent decree work. In terms of uh, wastewater pipes that need repair, which may be the case. Anytime you have a backup, call 311. Uh, that's a real important tracking mechanism we have. When we get 20 calls on the same block, we might have an issue. So that's the thing that moves it up on the list. You know, our engineers have a five-year capital improvement program. It's updated annually, including on the wastewater side, also on the water side, and I guess stormwater too. And they'll look at, you know, it's updated annually, and things will move up the list and down the list to pick my priorities. So uh, uh, the Wastewater Repair Division, we've got parts of town that still have septic systems, which is, I was shocked to learn that, and we've got a big project, uh, 55th and Bennington, and I hope we'll be uh, moving along here soon, shortly. So, uh, yeah, anytime you have an issue, call 311 so that it gets into the system and we can start taking a look at it.
0: This, is, this falls under the category of, this is those, these are those boring infrastructure projects. I mean, we're talking about water. How excited can you get about water? And it's one of the things that I've written editorials about. Let's just keep it basic. Let's improve the infrastructure and maybe we some shiny stuff along with it. But what do you say to critics of, of this bond issue right now? Why do we need this? Why they're going to raise our rates? They're going to raise our taxes or you know, what, what do you, what's your bullet point list, I guess, for the critics of, of this bond plan or of this bond issue? I,
1: I think the key thing is, is the bond issue, again, allows us to spread these costs out over 25 years um, as opposed to having to come out and do it right now and generate the cash for. It. And so it's it's one thing to do something speculative on something that you think that, you know, you may get the payback. You know, there, you know there's plenty of good examples, um, you know, where we've done, you know, general obligation bonds on speculative type things. In this case, we know we're going to have to spend money, you know, on our Birmingham treatment plant in the town fork creek area on our you know lining of our existing buyer stuff to stop the infiltration all over the city we know we're gonna have to do that cost and so the bond authorization basically again spreads those costs out over 25 years so you know somebody you know my grandkids you know they may buy a house you know they and we've lined that sewer that plastic lining is gonna last long time so they get they get the benefit of the lined sewers and they're also paying for it and so it's just a way to kind of do that and so to the critics on that this isn't like a uh you know speculative thing that's backed by this is you know basically just using future revenue flows to pay for those bonds
0: real quick since we are right above the east bottoms and you've got a treatment plant that's undergoing I, I don't, it's a water plant down on nicholson correct uh pump station yeah. pump station can you briefly tell us, because I know we get some questions on a weekly basis about what's going on down there. Walk us through real quick what's going on down there. So we have a, uh,
1: we've got our main intake plant near North Kansas City, where most of our, all of our water comes from. Uh, we have individual pump stations. You know, that's, that's the great thing about 317 square miles and a big honking river through the middle of it. Um, our plant is down low. And so when you get up into some areas to get water pressure, you know, obviously the water... That's why we have water towers to get the pressure. We've had some replacement projects going on with some pumps down in the East Bottoms area. And so we have had some low pressure problems. And so that we are we are replacing and modernizing a couple of those pump stations. But the way our system's set up, you know, we will always provide water. We just can't provide it the pressure that you are normally used to. And our our we have an actual water modeling software and a water modeling engineer that will plug in stuff like, you know, if we take this pump down, what's the impact? And they could do this sort of sensitivity analysis. And so that work, I believe, is getting close to being wrapped up. So a lot of the problems that you've been having with the last couple of months should go away. But again, 311 is a great way to let us know because there may be some stuff um, that we may have missed. I know we, we've we been working with the uh, VA hospital down on Van Brunt because they've had some pressure problems because of that. So the whole system's tied together. And, uh, but, but that work, uh, from what I, what I last heard is wrapping up. And so hopefully you guys, you know, your pressure will become stable like it was in the past.
3: So it sounds like you're saying if this bond issue doesn't get passed, it will be more, more of an immediate burden on customers. Is that correct? Like those other options would be more expensive for the customer. That's correct. Okay. Um, and you, you mentioned a 25 to 50 year lifespan for some of these projects. Is there any way to prolong that? Is there any, you know, type of new thing that could make that last longer and maybe save us some money in the long run?
1: Well, I think the big thing is our, some of our green solutions, you know, to where we can, uh, when we work on, you know, we're gonna work on this Stanford Creek project, we have some park property and a green way that we can use. So if we do something to where we're basically, you know, excavating an area for the stormwater to go, that's gonna last as long as it's there. You know, we may have to come in and clean out some silt, you know, every 10, 15 years or so, do some cleanup. Another thing, too, that we we would include in these projects is, you know, a lot of water quality issues involve litter. And so what kind of uh, screening structures can we use that allow us to collect all the plastics that are floating away in so that we can haul them off and so that they're not, you know, winding up down in the Gulf of Mexico? Um, Unfortunately, you know, pumps, you know, energy and moving, they're just, I mean, we do have uh, – we have actually six intake pumps at the uh, – down there by the downtown airport. Um, we're going to replace two of them. They're about one hundred fifty dollars to $200,000 a piece. And the ones we have, we're putting in the 70s. So we've got our money's worth out of those. But the cost of these pumps, that's the biggest thing, you know, and if we can get them to last. But as much energy, and they just – you know, they're not made to last forever. But we uh, – that's where some of these, you know, lining using the, uh, you know – the, the the plastic balloon I'll just call it a balloon because it's an easy way to explain by using that stuff you know plastic underground not getting the sun will last probably you know outlast a lot of people so um, those are kind of the things that we try to look at because again we know we have limited amount of money so we want to make sure that we don't we we'll meet this consent decree while staying within what we've said you know is going to be that two point three billion dollars.
3: Is there anything that residents can do, you know, in their yards um, when they are taking water out of their gutters to kind of ease the burden on the wastewater system?
1: Well, obviously, uh, you know, if your house is 100 years old, you, do, you know, we like the water to go out in the yard and soak in, but you want it far enough away of the house, it doesn't wind up in the basement. So, um, you know, rain barrels are always good, um, you know, if you could, uh, if that, that's a great system to do it. But I think the key thing is just making sure the gutters are not connected straight into the, the sewer system um, and then also too you know if you can keep them uh, my house the way it sits one of my gutters comes down and um, it was set up to run onto the driveway into the street and so it's just a little five dollar piece to run it over towards the neighbor's house so. but
0: uh, it is in a low spot so and both of our basements do have walkouts so there you go what when, when I drive by and I see water leaks in the street that have been running for a week and nobody's working on them and when you call the water department and say, well, it's cheaper to let it run, we can let it run cheaper than we can send somebody out immediately to fix it and then it's it's scheduled. Can you speak a little bit? Am I making sense? Yeah. Okay, good. We have, uh, we have three different codes of water main
1: breaks, you know, you know so obviously if there's a water main that uh, goes to, uh, which we actually did have a break out to uh, Air Ed Stadium during game day. We got out there and fixed it immediately. We have different levels of breaks depending on users. You know, obviously if we have hospitals, we have leaks. Uh, right now we have a, uh, it's probably the one thing that is, uh, is actually has woken me up a couple times at night. We have a, uh, I saw a graphic one time, ordinarily we have about 12, 10 to 12 uh, vacant positions in our pipeline operations. In the past, we used to have about a 70% response rate within 24 hours of a major break being reported. That graph shows, you know, vacancies here. Well, in the last two, three years, because of wages, our vacancies have shut up to 36. Our 24-hour response time has gone down from 69% down to 42% so we are having a huge um, workload problem we have people that are you know you know we have people working 16-hour shifts at a water plant Um, the city council just recently uh, passed a pay adjustment ordinance but we are having a hard time competing with warehouses and other types of vendors so part of the problem with leaks that we're having right now is just workload and so we have to look at potentially using outside contractors which is not great because they cost uh, us more money and so uh, anything, uh, you know, we're more than happy to uh, reach out to any groups uh, for, you know, just trying to let people know that we have positions, you can show up, we'll be more than happy to get you work. We are also trying to, you know, again, we have, uh, being the new guy, we've got some stuff that we're just trying to think of long term, we're uh, working together, you know, Public Works has the same problems. Uh, snow removal, we had, to, we had to bring people off our stuff because uh, mm-hmm. Public Works is short 59 drivers. So, we were, uh, we provided, uh, you know, in fact, I even overnight uh, went on a snow route. So, we are providing people to help out public works while trying to maintain access. Our problem with that is, is, you know, when it gets cold, your pipes burst. So, I can't have my meter field services people go plow snow because they need to be ready to go out and turn off valves if, if people call in with broken water lines. So, we are, we're like a lot of other people, we are having uh, some staffing challenges on that. And so I think a lot of the stuff you're seeing, we are essentially triaging because we just don't have the ability to get out there. One thing, too, you know, the water rates have have gone up, too, but we are now replacing uh, 28 miles of water line a year. Our system's 2,800 miles. So we're trying to replace 1% of our system every year. We've been doing that the last 10 years and targeting those, uh, you know, everything's data-driven on the water main breaks. And so we look at lines that have a high rate of failure. And a high consequence of failure, and that's where our program has uh, been investing in replacing things. So the way our system works, you know, we have our main plant. Uh, we have two tunnels underneath Missouri River. They're 8 to 10 feet in diameter. They're monster. Uh, as you go north on uh, North Oak, you know, by Cass Counties, uh, we recently put a 54-inch main there. So as you get further away, those lines get smaller. And so if any of those larger transmission mains break, those get the priority. Um, and then we have our smaller, you know, eight and twelve inches, which is what you get your water to your house out. Um, those would be kind of more on the lower tier, unless we know that you know there's a a school or a you know a hospital or some life safety or fire station. So that's the kind of stuff we look at when we look at that. But if you know 24 blows, you're, everybody knows it's going to blow, and we'll be out there as fast as we can. I
0: want to do a U-turn right back into the into the bond issue. You talked about staffing. How much of that? How much of those bonds? Will any of it be used for staffing, or will it be all used for hard infrastructure needs?
1: It would be all used for hard infrastructure needs because again, it's a 25-year bond, so you want it—the bond should la- last uh, as long, or you know, the life of the asset. And so, we would just use our normal—you um, know—we we have multiple different financing mechanisms, so we use the cash flow, and so all of our existing operations are paid for by you know current things. This is just. Um, what we would use as far as future revenues to do it. So, you know, we have a, uh, let's see, I think uh, we currently have 260 positions out of those 260 positions that are vacant, about uh, approximately 150 of them are our labor class that are actually out. The ones that are doing it, your, your inspection, your pipeline repair, your stormwater clean cleanouts or your sanitary sewer service.
0: The blue truck guys. Yes, sir.
3: Okay.
2: Earlier, Wes, you had mentioned global climate change standards, and I, as an urban planner, I realize that many cities are addressing that very issue. But what is the primary or the best practices guideline that you all are following that's out there?
1: big thing is just the resiliency, and so using open channels, open storage, you know, where water can sit and infiltrate. That's kind of the, that's the way we've been able to get the EPA to agree to less reduce that cost. Um, and so the, uh, you know, down in the West Bottoms by uh, hy Arena, we, uh, you know, that's a big problem. Everything from downtown lines up to West Bottoms. Um, we recently did a project where we basically do a stormwater water detention basin down there. And then we also added a trail and a boardwalk and some native planting type things, you know, so we have tree canopy that would then, you know, in theory, right, the water comes in and sits. Trees suck it up faster. And so that's kind of some of the stuff that we're looking at. The Town Fork Creek project down there, you know, down at the 63rd and Bissell area, uh, you know, personally as an engineer and a designer, I'm looking forward to because we can come in and do a, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, Town Fork Creek was channelized and concreted during the Pendergast era we can come in and unconcrete that. Um, But then also when we get done with it, it works with our parks department and our our city councils and some additional additional funding to basically create an amenity out of what we invest in. So there's a little, little stuff that we're trying to do that we're, you know, it's not going to cost. We we don't want it to cost a lot because we have some constraints on that. But if we work with our partners, we can figure out ways that when we are in there, mobilized doing stuff, we can kind of, you know, add something that, leave something for the communities so that we're just not spending money going in. You know, as you mentioned, you don't see where, when pipes are underground, you don't see it. Um, but this new method of using more infiltration versus conveyance and treatment, that's where a lot of, uh, that resiliency comes
2: in. I'd
1: like to add something to that. My wife was actually the
2: chair of a panel called the wet weather community panel. She did that for the better part of five years in uh, late two, th- about two, about 2005 to 2010, more or less. Leading up to the consent decree, and they made some conscious decisions at that time because they looked and said, "All right, we've got to stop this sewage overflow problem We combined sewers that includes 58 square miles of our city, including this, you know, the northeast part of town." And they said, "Well, we could put in pipes, we could put in retention ponds, so and do it that way. We could build a lot of concrete." And then somebody said, well, "What about green?" And they made a conscious decision to advocate for the green infrastructure approach. Green infrastructure is, is at the heart of the smart sewer program and the consent to create compliance. It's, it's uh, by keeping the water in the ground instead of just holding it or pumping it into the river or treating it, you know, we are making it much more efficient in terms of the environmental and the climate impact in, in, uh, uh, approach to that. We were one of the first cities in the nation. There's about 40 or 50 cities, I think, that are under similar consent decrees because they have combined sewers. Combined sewers were cutting edge a, a century ago, and then all of a sudden, in metropolitan areas, you know, the dilution as a solution is not really a, a good solution. We found out when you have so many more people. So you know, we're one of we were one of the first to to get the EPA to agree to a green infrastructure approach. So if you go to, uh, the pilot project for this was the Marlboro neighborhood of of South Kansas City, basically from about 75th and Paseo South to about 85th, more or less, um, and east of Prospect, over basically to the Blue River. And and, and they took that neighborhood, I think, for a couple of reasons. One, it was a neighborhood that needed some, some picking up. The neat thing about green infrastructure is it not only helps clean the environment, it beautifies the environment. So what used to be basically a flat park with just grass on it, it now has retention, bonds, uh, 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 retention ponds or other kinds of waterfall effects that hold the water a little bit longer and keeps it from going straight to the river. All this it, it, you have to put in trees. That helps the air. So the, uh, we have an outstanding landscape architect named Lisa Trees, who's one of the spearhead people, and she has been for about 10 years on our green infrastructure project. If you go to that Smart Sewer website that I mentioned, look for the green infrastructure uh, section and you can read all you want about. It's really a great section to learn all you want about uh, how this is helping the climate and helping the environment, as well as improving our sewer system in Kansas City.
0: And I'm gonna piggyback off that just by saying, if you want an example of of what this looks like, you've got an example right down here at the Nicholson plant excuse me where there there was and i wondered what i'm down there three or four times a week just passing by and i was wondering what the hell's going on but they a nice little retention pond there's a path around it that they've planted reeds and there's plantings in there Mm -hmm. and i don't know if there's trees that have gone in yet but it's very very nice and it's right down here in the east bottoms right off nicholson next to your water plant so if anybody wants to see that there's a personal example. That had been ball diamonds, I think. Before. Yes. Yeah, yes, so. there were two ball diamonds down there. Yeah. So I just want to take the opportunity to thank uh, Michael Grimaldi, West Mender from the Water Department. Thank you very much for coming and sitting overtime and filling the rest of the time uh, answering questions about the water bonds and the Water Department in general.